Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Who are you, where are you, how are you, and what are you doing right now? This is a solo episode. Uh, I hope this doesn't suck. If you guys think it's easy to sit and talk into a microphone about something interesting for 30 minutes, give it a shot. See how many takes you do. Uh, Joe is at his house quarantining. We're thinking maybe we'll have one where we can connect uh, digitally via Zoom or something like that. But for right now, I've got this makeshift studio. Um, I'm in Denver, if you guys don't know. And we've been on quarantine uh, basically since March 24th. We've had under lockdown. And it's supposed to extend until the end of April. I work from home, so I've just been life as usual, trying to get out. It's nice here. It's sunny. It's always sunny in Denver. 300 days a year or so. So going on a bike ride today, um, washing my hands a lot. But I don't know, there's a lot to talk about. So I thought we could get into a couple different interesting things. Uh, the first thing I wanted to talk about was masks. So for a long time now, we've had the CDC saying, not just the CDC, CDC, who, Surgeon General, saying a lot of different things that just didn't make sense to me. And honestly, it's been kind of driving me crazy a little bit. Let's just start with how unserious people took this in the beginning. So let's start off with uh, this tweet from the Surgeon General of the United States. And this, his name is Jerome Adams. He's a doctor, uh, anesthesiologist, and professor. I've got this up on the screen for our YouTube folks. Um, this is what it says if you're just listening to the audio only. Roses are red, violets are blue, risk is low for coronavirus, but high for the flu. Get your flu shot. And it shows a map um, of influenza versus COVID cases, essentially. Um, obviously, this was early on. So this is February 1st when no one was taking it seriously. And I think I was in that camp for a while. I had a friend who manufactures in China and kind of follows things a little closer. And I was sort of in denial for a while about whether these things would get serious at all. And, uh, you know, I was watching the graphs in China and it's like, oh, hey, it looks like it's slowing. Um, and it wasn't really spreading anywhere. And, you know, I had my doubts because we had already been through this with MERS and SARS and all these other things. And, you know, those did spread, obviously, but we were able to contain them. And... Once it started moving to Europe, and then I started seeing how fast the cases, and more importantly, the deaths, the nominal deaths, not the death rate, were spreading, I did some basic calculations, which honestly, I did them wrong. I overestimated. I just said, hey, look, it's doubling every three and a half days. Um, so that means, you know, in two months, that's 40 million deaths. Or actually, the, I made a model that said by May 1st, it would be 28 million deaths. But... What I came to find out was that, you know, exponential growth isn't forever. We're doing things to flatten the curve. Uh, eventually, a exponential curve turns into a logistic curve, which, you know, you can kind of imagine as half of a bell curve. And if you're looking at daily deaths, those eventually turn into a bell curve unless there's a second wave, which, you know, would kind of look like a bell curve and then another bump up, I suppose. Um but I think it's like, you know, you look at death rates and um, things like that, and they're not very accurate because it's all dependent on how much you're testing. So the death rate in one country 
may seem way higher or way lower, but it's all dependent on how many people actually got tested, you know, because you're just dividing the infected people by the number of people who died. Um, but I think one uh, statistic or, you know, metric that is important is the nominal number of deaths. And the nominal number of deaths um, is probably a lot more accurate because if, if you think about someone who's in the ICU with, you know, COVID-type symptoms, they're probably the ones who are actually getting a test, uh, more so than just, you know, the general public. So I tend to put most of my weight in looking at the doubling times of um, nominal number of deaths. And luckily, in most countries, we're actually starting to see those finally peak. Um, it's And we're starting to see those peak in New York, which is sort of the epicenter for the U.S. But overall, the U.S. and the U.K. are further behind everyone else, and their curves have not quite started to flatten yet. So we're still going up. Um, you know, I made a model that basically estimates, you know, continuing where we are now, it's about 500,000 deaths in the United States. The president said earlier last week, or uh, maybe it was earlier, yeah, earlier this week, rather, that there'd be 100 to 240,000 deaths. Um, so I guess we'll see. Either way, it seems like there's going to be a few hundred thousand deaths in the United States over the next couple months. Um, other models I've seen show it peaking in the United States around mid to late April, uh, right around tax day. Uh, so I guess we'll just have to see. But it's been really interesting to see the Surgeon General start from roses are red, violets are blue, the risk is low for coronavirus, but high for the flu. Uh, so a lot of people were in denial and like I said, I was in denial for a while, but I came around, um, I think, you know, probably a couple weeks before other people, a lot of people were saying I was a doomsday prepper for going to the store and buying stuff, uh, mid February, um, about all sorts of random stuff about these lung pills that are made for people with pneumonia. And I actually gave them to one of my friends who's had a hacking cough for a month and we don't know if it's covid and he's been getting better. Um, I bought recreational oxygen, which people here in Colorado use a lot of the time for uh, altitude sickness. But, you know, if you read stories about what's going on in Italy, people are going to the hospital. And one of the things they're running out of is oxygen. So I don't think I'll need it. But, um, you know, I sent some to my mom and her husband. He has asthma. Um, he's 75. So probably a good thing to have. Um, but let's read into a little bit how the U.S. Surgeon General's warning about masks has changed. And this has changed for the WHO and the CDC as well. So the first one I read was from February 1st. About a month later, February 29th, at least the Surgeon General is taking things a little more seriously. This is, by the way, by February 29th, things are already going off in Europe by a huge margin. Uh, this is what it says. It says, seriously, people, stop buying masks. They are not effective in preventing general public from catching coronavirus. But if healthcare providers can't get them for sick to care for sick patients, it puts them and our communities at risk. So, I mean, I think he's right. There's absolutely a shortage of masks for healthcare workers. We've heard all about that. The the Masks they're using are N95 masks. These are an expensive mask that 
you know, it fits to your face. It's, it's really, it's got all these adjustment points and it, it's kind of hard to use if you're not even familiar with it. It takes a little bit of learning. Um, and now the FDA is saying people can use the KN95, which are kind of like a lesser version. Uh, but the, previously they weren't allowing people to import them. Um, but one part that he had in there, I just think, and I thought this as I'm reading this for this whole past month, basically all of March, I feel like I'm going crazy with this whole mask thing and that everyone's lying to us because they're saying one, they are not effective in preventing the general public from catching coronavirus. Okay. So that's what the surgeon general says. Let me put up on the screen here what who has said they have infographics on their website and they haven't um, really changed their position. Who hasn't really changed their position? They said, so if you're just listening to the audio and you aren't on YouTube, it says when to use a mask for healthy people, wear a mask only if you are taking care of a person with suspected 2019 COVID infection, wear a mask. If you are coughing or sneezing, Masks are effective only when used in combination with frequent hand cleaning with alcohol-based hand rub or soap and water. And lastly, if you wear a mask, then you must know how to use it and dispose of it properly. So that's from who? Uh, the CDC had very similar recommendations. So um, the CDC basically said that only if you're sick do you really need to wear them. Um, but then they've also told us that depending on location, I mean, we saw studies, uh, in parts of Italy where they just tested an entire town and upwards of 50% of people were asymptomatic. So they're saying only wear one if you're sick, but possibly half the people who have it don't even know they have it. So anyone who's, you know, thinking through this you know, I was like, that makes absolutely no fucking sense. Don't wear a mask, but you may be asymptomatic and spreading it, and you should wear one if you are sick. So those things negate each other. So that had me going, you know, like, what are you talking about? And we, we know, you know, they're acting, the CDC is changing their position now, and here's their official statement now. So the CDC has this on their website now. The CDC continues to study the spread and effects of the novel coronavirus across the United States. We now know from recent studies that a significant portion of individuals with coronaviruses with coronavirus lack symptoms, aka asymptomatic, and is now recommending people use cloth bandanas or cloth masks rather. Um, before though, we heard all this stuff all throughout the end of February, all throughout the end of March, we heard from these official sources, if you use a mask, um, air can still get around it and it's not preventing you from getting sick. We heard that. We heard, oh, you're going to be touching your face a lot more, adjusting the mask so you're more likely to get sick. Um, and we heard you only need them if you are sick. And to me, this made absolutely no sense. Like, you don't need a study to know that a mask helps. Like, we know how the virus spreads. The virus spreads through... Uh, droplets or aer aerosolization, I think is the term that they use, which is basically there's a, uh, you know, there's a, I guess, an argument and a debate right now in the medical community about whether this is considered to be airborne. And, you know, either way, obviously I'm not a doctor, uh, but, you know, 
it's spread through droplets in the air that, you know, they're telling people to stand six to 10 feet away. So you can reason that if you're six to 10 feet, you know, next to somebody, then it's a risk. And if it's spread through droplets and you inhale them, obviously a mass helps. So this kind of started driving me insane. I have a friend who works in a hospital in Atlanta and the hospital's fine using the CDC and WHO recommendations and the hospital told him he doesn't work in, you know, the ICU. He works, he has an office. He's not, he's not part of, you know, any operations or anything like that. And they told him, do not bring a mask from home and listed many of those same reasons. Oh, you're going to be touching your face, blah, blah, blah. And it made absolutely no sense to me. And the only reason I believe they're doing that, and they've basically said this, is that there's a shortage of masks and they're afraid people are going to panic by them. So the masks that people actually need, as I mentioned, are the N95 masks, not just something to cover your face. And what's also really surprising is there's not a shortage of masks in the world. There's a shortage of N95 masks and possibly a shortage of KN95 masks. Average the, you know, the surgical mask that you see, the one that your dentist has, those cheap ones that cost 20 cents when you buy them in bulk, those are not rare or sold out. I went on Alibaba. I used to order tons of stuff from China for an Amazon business. And I started contacting these suppliers for masks who are just those cheap surgical masks. And I could get 25,000 masks for 7,500 bucks. So I don't know what that equals. It's like a quarter, you know, 25 cents or 35 cents per mask. Um, there's absolutely no reason in my completely unqualified opinion that governments and people shouldn't be handing these masks to people as they go into public places if they're asymptomatically spreading it. If you walk into the grocery store, there's no reason you shouldn't have a mask at this point, which is what a lot of other countries have done. And I firmly believe that they've basically lied to everybody. They've lied to everybody at this point saying that the masks aren't useful because they're trying to save them for medical workers who are still up against a shortage. So, you know, we don't have the data that WHO or the CDC has, uh, but I don't see any way that they aren't lying. You know, to say you need one if you're sick or you're going to spread it, you know, juxtaposed against 50% of people may be asymptomatic, it only makes sense. It's, it's, you don't even have to be a doctor. You just, you're in a pandemic and the people who are, you know, doing, you know, the doctors are wearing the masks. Like, why do you think they're wearing the masks? And, you know, a lot of them are like in surgery and stuff and they have splatter, I guess is why they need the N95. But it, to me, it's just obvious. Of course, the mask is better than no mask. But now you have hospitals telling hospital workers, don't wear a mask. It's actually worse. And now they're saying the exact opposite. So now they're saying, not, now are they not only saying that, uh, you know, before they were saying with the mask, if you're going to keep touching it and you're going to touch your mouth, you're going to touch your nose. And, and now they're saying the opposite. Now they're saying it makes you more conscious that you shouldn't be touching. And this comes from, you know, CDC pu published six new studies about why using a mask is good during a pandemic involving aerosol, aerosolized uh, droplets. Of course, you don't need a fucking study. 
Um, and here's, you know, we read two tweets from the Surgeon General. You know, one, first one, February 1st. Second one, February 29th, telling people not to buy masks and saying they are not effective at preventing general public. Here's one from this Friday, two days ago, saying, CDC government now recommends wearing a cloth face mask mask, uh, covering may help protect the most vulnerable. So now they've done a complete 180. And it's really interesting to see how this is going down. I mean, they should have just said that from the beginning because it makes you think the whole purpose of flattening the curve is staying at home. But then you're going out to the grocery store and you have tons of asymptomatic people or you, or the people who haven't got sick or aren't sick or aren't in a high-risk group. You know, they're not obese. They don't have a heart condition. They're not a cancer survivor. Uh, they're not immunocompromised. They're not over the age of 65. They don't care or they care less. And they're like, you know, I, I feel fine. I'm going to go out and I'm going to have fun and I'm going to do my thing. Those are the, exactly the people who are going to be asymptomatic. So I don't know how to take that other than they've been lying to us this whole time. If it turns out they were right and it, you know, it did prevent a ton of deaths by making sure doctors had masks, then we'll never know. But I tend to lean towards the side of not lying to the entire world about how the virus spreads. Uh, it seems a little insane to me. Um, beyond that, I don't know if you guys are friends, um, or not friends. I don't know if you follow Dr. Drew. So Dr. Drew Pensky, he's, uh, he's a famous doctor. I grew up with him on Loveline and that was like him, like him and Adam Carolla, you know, another comedian, they used to have a show where you could call in. It was on, um, I forget, you know, the radio station now, but it was like an L.A. radio station that's super famous. Um, and then now he's on all sorts of stuff. He's like a CNN contributor. He's a Fox contributor now. He joined uh, the Your Mom's House studio podcast, and he has Dr. Drew After Dark. And during this whole time, you know, I've been a pretty big Dr. Drew fan for literally 15 years now. And I think he has a huge breadth of experience. I think he's extremely knowledgeable in so many different things. I'm always surprised by his knowledge. But I could not believe the things he was saying during this entire pandemic. And so let me just play this montage that someone made. Um, let's get into it. If you're on YouTube, you'll be able to see the video, but the audio should come through as well. Beginning that this is going to come through as well. Beginning that this is going to be worse than the flu way less virulent than the flu so it's a reminder that you're more likely to die of influenza so go ahead and get your flu shots mild doesn't hurt anybody that should be the headline way less serious than influenza that's the headline you know what the two percent lethality thing is you have there are you talking about the coronavirus thing it's less than two percent it's like 0.02 less dangerous than influenza less dangerous than influenza um, your probability of dying of coronavirus much higher being hit by an asteroid i would say the flu virus in this country is vastly more consequential, and nobody is talking about this that. corona thing doesn't worry me it is, at all. It is a press-induced panic. I am angry about it. <clears throat> it is the flu. If you're under 65 and you get it, you're going to have the flu, and you're going to be fine. Oh my it's going to be just like the flu. It's going to be almost identical. Oh I, I can see it God. coming. The Americans in 2020 panic is their horrid toilet paper. You know, right. And, and uh, toilet paper. Antibacterial and, gel. 
Right, in in response to the flu, right? It's a flu, and it's a different flu. And it, if you notice, it's Corona 19, which means there's at least been 18 of these other ones. Oh, yeah. Go to the movies. Why do you think, like, the, the NBA now discussing the idea of playing without fans? And UCLA today announcing that their sports are going to be without fans. I, I, think that's a, I think that's a mistake. Should the Olympics be canceled? That's funny. Have you noticed yeah. less people out on the streets? Oh, absolutely. Less people in, in the trains, for sure. Well, they, they told them, uh, de Blasio told them not to ride the trains. And right. So they're not riding the trains. And, and so I am. <laughs> I mean, it's, just, it's ridiculous. Let's say we do have 100,000 deaths in the country. Remember, we get 30,000 deaths from the flu. This is going to be, we predicted from the beginning that this is going to be worse than the flu. So we'd have to at least have 30,000 deaths for it to be worse than the flu. Exactly. But do we wait till 20,000 people die and then start panicking? It's not going to happen. Okay. okay. So he ends with saying there's not going to be 20,000 people who die from the flu or die from coronavirus in the United States. Um, currently, as of recording this Sunday, April 5th, there's... 9,444 deaths, and as I mentioned, now even the president is, you know, not that he's a great, uh, you know, arbiter of knowledge, but, uh, you know, even the official White House is saying 100 to 240,000 deaths. The model I made shows more, it shows like four to 500,000. I guess we'll see. We don't really know. Um, but, I mean, I found this just incredible that he was just blatantly saying lies. He was saying it's not more deadly than the flu. That's just wrong. It's five to ten times more deadly than the flu, as like even WHO and CDC are saying. And then he's saying, um, you know, I watched another podcast with, I don't know which podcast he was on, but he had comedian Whitney Cummings on, or actually it was Nikki Glaser, rather, different female comedian, and she started... <laughs> I guess, online dating somebody who was in the, her town where she is. I think she's in St. Louis living with her parents and was asking whether she could go outside and like go on a date. And he basically recommended to do that and played down this whole thing, called it panic-induced fear. So fast forward to, uh, you know, some of those clips, if you couldn't see, because you're just listening to the audio, come from... You know, it was it was over time, and like the last one of that was at the end of March. So you know, we're April fifth now, so we're only you know five days past the end of March, and now here's Dr. Drew on his apology tour. So Get into it. I'm back again. So clearly, this is going to be a piecemeal thing, and and I will tell you, we are we are somewhere else because of uh, extreme threats we've been getting, uh, and so. We don't have the greatest Wi-Fi, I guess, where I am right now. Um, but I will say it again. I've signed up for the New York and California Health Corps to go to the front lines when those states should call. So if you didn't catch that in the beginning, uh, he's getting death threats for saying all this stuff for months on end, which probably led to people dying. And, you know, he's responsible for not flattening the curve. Uh, I am expressing my deepest apologies for getting it wrong at the beginning, comparing coronavirus to influenza. That was wrong. What I did get right was telling everybody after I stated my position to be sure you listen to Dr. Fauci because he should always be your North Star. He will get it right no matter what. And he has been, and I was convinced would always be, 
uh, the person we should listen to uh, and follow his direction and nothing more and nothing less. Now, several states have done more, and I also say we should listen to our leaders and sign up collectively to do these things. It will make a difference, and I'm glad we've done so. Uh, so I was engaged in a bit of loser thing by comparing numbers. I had a lot of numbers in my head. I was dealing with 100,000 people dying of opiates and drugs every year. I was dealing with a billion people infected with H1N1 and 500,000 40 to 60-year-olds. So this is what I don't get. Like, I'm a dumbass, and I had already built models that showed it was going to be way more than the flu. And somehow he's saying this is loser think, and all of a sudden it's just, oh, I was just looking at the numbers and, you know, comparing them. And then he goes on to say he's part of, like, a, a, a large chorus or a strong chorus, so it's trying to essentially pass on the blame for ignoring all the science. It's dying of that. 24 million flu cases and 30 to 60,000 dying of that. Those numbers were in my head as I was trying to compare this outbreak to that. And I shouldn't have been doing that. I should have been just addressing this outbreak as what it was. I didn't understand the ferocity of this virus and its contagiousness. Um, and now my heart and soul is with New York City, which is where I spend a lot of my time. And we'll find a way back there if they need me. If they call upon me through the health corps, I will go. Same thing with California. I'm signed up in California as well. And I'll be part of the part of the front line uh, if I should be needed. Uh, so uh, again, we are getting lots of threats. Uh, my family is getting threats. Um, I'd like us to please ask that you stop and that we get together. Uh, this is a time for collective effort, not for uh, scapegoating. And if there's more to be done, I will do it. And again, I apologize for being a part of the chorus that got it wrong. I wish I'd gotten it right. Uh, I am hopeful that the numbers will start, once we get some good therapeutics in here, we'll start to stack up. Uh, it will start to uh, be similar to the influenza in terms of numbers. Once we get some really uh, quality or really effective therapeutics in place, and I'm looking to next week, to think, um, to figure out what, you know, how that's going to look. We should have data on that hopefully next week. So, uh, okay. I'm just going to stop it there, but it really begs the question, would he have ever changed his tune if he wasn't getting enough death threats that he had to literally move to a different house in the middle of a pandemic? I don't think he would have. And I love Dr. Drew, but and I'm glad he signed up to be on the front line. But what course is he talking about? That's not, I didn't hear any, the only course I heard saying that was Fox News. Um, but I'd like to get into a little bit of how ridiculous this whole thing has been from just like the left and the right. Um, if you've listened to this show before, I consider myself pretty liberal, uh, but the left and their identity politics just is just constantly annoying me and always having to choose sides. So here's Nancy Pelosi back in February 24th. So let's play this video about her talking about why now is a great time to visit Chinatown. She has been going around to show that it is perfectly safe to be here. Uh, she says that this is a very special place to her heart because she started a lot of her early campaigning when she started her political career, uh, some of it right here in Chinatown. And uh, we got some word from her earlier on sort of the message that she's trying to uh, purvey here. 
It's exciting to be here, especially at this time, uh, to be able to be unified with our community. Uh, we want to be vigilant about what it might be on the, uh, what is out there in other places. We want to be careful about how we deal with it. But we do want to say to people, come to Chinatown. Here we are. We're, again, careful, safe, and come join us. Yeah, sorry, I'm not going to Chinatown right now. That doesn't seem like a good idea. Um, and then you had all sorts of liberals. And if I'm not mistaken, I hope I don't get this fact wrong, I believe Chuck Schumer, if it wasn't him, you saw lots of liberals say this, that it was racist when Trump banned uh, you know, people traveling to China. To me, this is so insane, this identity politics of if this virus started in Finland and it was a bunch of white people and we banned flights to Finland, no one would be saying it's xenophobic. It makes perfect sense. You stop travel to the place that's the epicenter. But of course, we have to play identity politics through this whole thing and just call it racist because why not? I mean... The amount of people who just like don't like Trump and I fucking hate Trump who just think that like they can just say whatever the opposite he says and then like that's your stance. It's fucking dumb. He's, he's an idiot. He's going to be right like a third of the time. So, you know, you just have to actually think about things instead of just playing the race card. Um, I have one other video I wanted to get into. There was a let me see if I can find it here. Sorry. Don't have my normal setup. Um, we have a Florida pastor who has refused to stop letting people go to his mega church. Uh, so let's get into this one. Despite a safer at home order, this live stream video of a Tampa, Florida church service has ignited outrage, showing a crowded sanctuary. The church saying they should be considered an essential service. People have gone totally crazy. As the president said, he wants to get everybody back worshiping God come Easter Sunday. That needs to happen. President Trump has now changed that timeline, and that pastor now arrested for failing to follow the stay at home order in his county. His reckless disregard for human life put hundreds of people in his congregation at risk and thousands of residents who may interact with them this week in danger. And in Louisiana, despite a ban on large gatherings and a warning from the governor about their coronavirus cases quickly rising, hundreds of parishioners came to a church outside Baton Rouge, angering neighbors. Y'all need to shut that church down! Also, the street parade was held Saturday in New Orleans. The mayor telling CNN overnight it won't happen again. Our musician community, our cultural bears have stepped up and said, hey, no more in the city of New Orleans. This is, this is. All right. So you get the idea. People just aren't taking it seriously. And it's been funny to see, you know, who's not taking it seriously. For some reason, it seems to be religious groups. No idea why. Um, you have people on the right who kind of fit into that conspiracy theory thing of, uh, you know, this is just happening to bring down the economy so that Trump won't get reelected. Uh, then you have these people who, this one drives me nuts, think this whole thing is actually not a virus and it's related to the 5G networks. Never mind the fact that there's no 5G in Iran where they're having a terrible uh, amount of COVID deaths and, you know, it doesn't add up in general, and the science doesn't back that at all. Um, but, I mean, 
this is going to go on for a while. I can't imagine how much longer I'm going to be at home. I'm going to make, I wish I had my normal soundboard. I'm going to make one prediction and it's going to be about the math. I say within the next month or two, because these actual surgical, these normal masks that you see your dentist wear, there is no supply shortage. I'm going to say within the next couple of months that governments are actually going to start buying them and handing them out or grocery stores and, you know, places that would normally stock them, uh, drug stores are just going to start buying them by the pallet because there's no reason not to. It's a money-making opportunity for them. And uh, I think that'll, unfortunately, as, you know, post-apocalyptic as it seems, become part of normal society for a while. I don't think this thing really goes away too quickly. The one thing we do have to uh, look forward to, and I don't want to get the science wrong, is uh, antibody and antigen tests. I don't honestly know the big difference between them. I couldn't tell you even what RNA is, but essentially they're able to test if you've already had the virus and, you know, if you've already had it, um, you can only get it once, which has actually been a point of contention. People think you can get it multiple times. Uh, but those people, it turns out what I'm hearing from, you know, is from a surgeon in New York was saying, actually, those people just actually never got over the sickness and it just reoccurred again. Um, but in general, you can only get it once. So once you get your certificate or whatever, you have the antibody test, you'll be able to go back uh, to work because you're not in danger of getting sick. So that's my prediction. Um, that's all I had for this episode. Hopefully the solo episode is okay. You guys enjoyed it. If so, maybe I'll do another update. Um, I know people are stuck inside and need stuff to listen to. So um, I don't know. There's lots to talk about in all this. So be safe, wash your hands, wear a fucking mask, and uh, we'll see you guys again next time. Love you. Thank <laughs> you.